We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Meringue uh, following the Portland Trailblazers win over the Indy and uh, Pacers. Two games in a row. That's a streak, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 116-100. The Blazers take care of business against the uh, even more so shorthanded uh, Indiana Pacers uh, in a night that the Blazers did exactly what they needed to do. Which, all right. It's been a while since we had one of those. Uh, let's go lay this out of the way real quick. Uh, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show if you're watching here live on YouTube or if you're watching the replay. You haven't already, excuse me. Please click subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, and as a noted incentive, uh, any and all subscribers uh, will be eligible uh, for a draw for an autographed team ball. Uh, I'm not sure which year yet. Like I said, I've got like five of them over here. <laughs> uh, that if we hit 5000 by the end of the year, we will go ahead and uh, put that up there and put that up for you guys. Uh, last year, we did, what, the Batum jersey and something else. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but again, help us grow the show. Like, rate, review, subscribe here on YouTube. Share us with your friends uh, if you were on the podcast side uh, so that we can continue to uh, grow the show. Uh, let's get into it. Overall, um, I thought the Blazers played a, a pretty good game. Um, they came out offensively, and they did exactly what they wanted to do uh, throughout most of the night. Uh, fourth quarter got a little dicey, for sure. I thought the third quarter was one of their better quarters in a while. Um, one thing that Chauncey noticed, or noted, um, I noticed, I brought it up, uh, the idea of how they dealt with the Pacers early on. And, and Chauncey did not, and this is kind of what we were talking about the, at the end of the last podcast, uh, or the last live show, that the idea of sometimes opponents just, you know, you got to tip your cap. It, it, it doesn't always have to be somebody's fault because a team was successful. It doesn't mean you didn't stop them or you weren't good enough. Sometimes they're you're good, they're better. And it was kind of what Chauncey talked about tonight. I asked him about how um, the Pacers, again, they pushed the pace uh, so much so in the first half. Uh, off makes, off misses. They got Portland in cross matches regularly. You had Ant you know, defending in the paint when they were in their zone because, you know, he's the first one back, but Indiana gets down early and gets down, gets in their offense early and often. And now Portland's struggling and Indiana does a really good job of, and Chauncey noticed, you know, noted this is that everybody has a green light. So 
you're defending everybody on every single possession. This guy's going to dribble drive. This guy's going to pull up for three. This guy's going to work on the pick and roll. You know, this guy who you may think is going to work as the ball handler may end up being the DHO guy. And it's just, it's, it's a constant barrage. Now, it works significantly better <laughs> when Tyrese Halliburton and TJ McConnell are healthy, particularly Halliburton, who's had a phenomenal year. Um, I was bummed out. I really wanted to see him tonight. Uh, one of my favorite kind of young players in the league, but uh, I digress. The The Pacers still did a very, 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 very good job in the first half of keeping things going. Um, Miles Turner was incredibly affected. In, seven, in 15 minutes, he had 17 and 6. Uh, he seemed to throw down dunks, knock down threes. Just, I mean, let's talk about it. You know, the, the tryout for Portland, if that's what you want to call his game tonight. Um, he was incredibly effective. Uh, I thought Jalen Smith looked pretty good early on. I thought overall that the, they looked more than game considering how shorthanded they were. And really, Andrew Nemhard was the only guy who could get things going for them. Uh, they knocked down a couple threes, particularly in the first quarter, uh, between uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Really, they were the only guys going early. Uh, got a few free throws from uh, Neesmith. They just they were just a pain in the ass. They constantly put Portland under pressure. And one of the things that I asked Chauncey about kind of following up on this was because you have guys, you know, Nurk's above the break while Ant's down low and Jeremy's used to being up high, but now he's in the, the strong side corner. Like everybody knows everybody's roles, but you're in unfamiliar places because you even though that you, you guard in those positions when they're in their zone sometimes or even when they're in the man-to-man. Like, you know the scheme, but it's not something you tried into and practice that a ton. It's You don't have the reps that you have there that you would normally have somewhere else. And so I noticed Ant was a little confused on a rotation. Like, he should go to the corner. Uh, there was one where Shaden was confused. There was one where Justice was confused. It wasn't just, like, young guys or guys who you associate with bad defense. I saw Grant confused a couple of, But that was credit to the Pacers. And, and, and that... When I look at that, that's that's something that I really I appreciate about Chauncey and how he kind of highlights that and how they went about it. Um, it's the the spot that they got to um, after the half definitely changed, and that's where you saw. Um, I asked Chauncey, "Hey, it looked like." Coming out into the second half and the start of the third quarter, your goal was to be physical, was to put pressure on them. That's it opens up with Nurk drop stepping and just hammering the hell out of Miles Turner. Boom, 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 backs him up, you know, six feet. And you saw the physicality from Nurk. Uh, but he gets to the middle, throws down a, a big dunk, and it was like, whoa, okay, we'll take that. And then next possession, it's uh, late transition. Grant just kind of steps through. He throws down a dunk. And then the next possession down, Josh Hart off a DH. I believe it was a DHO at the top. Uh, turns into a dribble drive down the left slot. Uh, bing, bing, bing. Kicks out to Ant in the right corner. Knocks down a three. But every possession was about being physical, about getting downhill, and about establishing that paint presence. Something that the Blazers have lacked consistently over the last two weeks, which really shouldn't be surprising because Ant is really the only guy who can consistently drive off the bounce who's been healthy. Josh, he is a warrior, and Chauncey talked about it tonight, like how much he means to them and how important he is to them and their energy and their attitude. I, I know I've hammered this point a lot over the last two weeks about how tough Josh is. 
again, one to reiterate, he could not walk out of the locker in the locker room the other night before they left for the little two-game trip. Could not walk. It looked like a 75-year-old man. And even tonight, he came down on his ankle, and he was fighting. I mean, he was fighting it going through warm-ups tonight. He's just a tough, tough dude. I mean, and it. I think it trickles down to the team. I don't know if this is necessarily a good or a bad thing, but there's a toughness in him that I think everybody wants to go through. Tonight, Drew Eubanks played, and Chauncey had to protect him from himself, from Drew from himself and sit him down. Drew did not look right. He his his back was clearly bothering him. He's dragging his leg behind him, and he was still like trying out there. He was still trying to be effective. Um, you could just see how limited he was. Um, Josh, <laughs> Josh goes through the night tonight and finishes with a double double on one leg. Like it was, it was tremendous. Now, Josh Hart took three threes tonight. Thankfully. But I noted tonight, Josh's career three-point attempt rate is, is 52%. So basically a little over half of his shots in his career have been threes, which is fantastic. You love that because he's like a 36% career three-point shooter. He is down to 26%. And I don't know if that's confusion or not trusting or an adjustment in the system or what, but he has passed up so many threes. So, so many threes. So to see him kind of Round into that, that was a nice little note to see. But the third quarter, the Blazers poured on. They beat the hell out of the Pacers. They took advantage of the of a team that was shorthanded on playmakers and a little tired. Even though the Blazers didn't want to come off the back-to-back, you could just see that, that they ran out of gas. And stop me if that sounds familiar. A team out of playmakers and tired. Huh. Yeah, where have I heard that before? Interesting. Uh, and they did what they should do. Now, they struggled down the stretch with putting them away in the fourth quarter, truly, and Chauncey had to put the starters back in. But the minutes weren't egregious tonight. Uh, I believe Ant finished with the most minutes tonight, under 36 minutes. Nurk played under 30 at 27.46. Hard at 32.40. Grant at 33. And Dame at 32. Uh, Sharp sitting around 18 still. Watford around 18. Eubanks was 16. I'd imagine he would have played more even. I bet you Nurk would have played a little bit less in the first half because it looked like Nurk and Chauncey had a little bit of a back and forth in the second quarter uh, on a blown assignment that turned into a Miles Turner dunk, and Nurk and Chauncey were kind of going back and forth, and, well, the next dead ball Drew Eubanks was in. So I'll let you guys kind of figure that that one out. Um, but you look at the, the, the way things went tonight. Points in the paint, Portland had 44, Indiana had 58. Second chance points, Indiana had 18, Portland had 19. Fast break points, 27 for Indiana, 22 for Portland. Uh, what's interesting is 14 of those fast break points for Indiana came in the first half. So they were pretty, pretty balanced on their fast break, and you can see how effective they are in that. Um Portland was okay on turnovers tonight, 15. Uh, Dame led the team in turnovers tonight with four. Uh, I think that, that was probably just a little bit of rust. But overall, like the contributions up and down the board, Grant ended up leading them in field goal attempts tonight. Jeremy takes 21, Dame at 16, and at 14, Nurk at 12, Hart at 8. Uh, Winslow and Sharp uh, rounded out with 6 and 4. Uh, but, but you had balanced scoring. Like, this is where I kind of wanted to go with this. Uh, you had a night where you had three guys with 21 or more. Grant with 28, Ant with 22, Dame with 21. 
and nobody was really like hunting, hunting their shots. Uh, between the three of them, they were what thirteen of twenty-nine from three, which that'll work. Uh, interestingly enough, the Blazers only got twenty-two free throws uh, up in the game. That the Pacers only took twelve, which shouldn't be surprising because they had one guy who could dribble drive. Um, but I thought the Blazers. I, I thought the game was was pretty poorly officiated overall. That's a, been a, a noticeable trend over the last two weeks. So the, the games feel like they've been poorly officiated in general. But I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll leave that for a mailbag tomorrow or something. Uh, but I asked Dame about this post game, and I was like, "Hey, does it feel any different now than it did kind of start the season? Having two other guys who can give you 40." Like, all three of these games, they, they noted all three of them have scored 40 this year, which is insane. They are mere percentage points away from Ant, Dame, and Grant all being top 25 scorers in the NBA. I, that's that's incredible. Even in the LaMarcus era, they didn't have that. Like, Wes was a good-ish shooter, not a scorer. They have three multi-dimensional scorers. Grant's post game, his ability to shoot over either shoulder, turn and fade, step through, little shimmy, drop step, he has got a like a, he, he unrolls a scroll of like here's my moves. He can get it against anybody. There's and I don't use this lightly, but there's a there's a bit of a Kobe post package where he's got something to go to regularly. He's got a move and a counter move and a, you know, a counter to his counter. There's stuff there, and it's just, it's incredible. It really is. Um, I, I'm appreciating him more and more and more uh, the longer the season goes. He's another guy who gets to the free throw line. That's that's like that's a, a new skill. And uh, I was talking to him post game uh, before we kind of sat down for all the other stuff, and you know, you kind of feel like, you know, this is coming together now that you've kind of gotten through the blitzkrieg of the opening season like it's it was boom 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 playoff playoff opponent after playoff opponent after playoff opponent after playoff opponent now they're kind of through that they're gonna play the rockets the spurs twice and oklahoma city twice in the next two weeks the next 10 days something like that um they've got the nuggets before they go on that six game road trip but this, these are their opportunities to kind of get right before then. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, it just felt like a lot um, going through all of this. But he goes, we know that when we get out of when we get out of December and we've got what, 11 home games in January that we get to kind of make it up. Um, and I asked him, like, you know, after I talked to Dane and, you know, have you played with, you know, on your multiple teams? I knew the answer to it, but I want to kind of hear him say it. Like, have you played with scores like this before? Like, this many on a team, he's like, yeah, I played an OKC with, uh, you know, PG, Russ, and Mello. And you can say what you want about Russ and, and Mello, you know, those points of their careers as, as scores or whatever, but you think about that OKC team, my God. The fact that, you know, Portland undressed them is pretty, pretty hilarious. Uh, but I digress as far as that goes. Um, Grant has been tremendous. And uh, when I was talking to Jeremy, uh, <laughs> Nurk, Nurk walks out of the room and just yells, All-Star! And, you know, Grant kind of laughs. But it's just kind of, 
it's a you can just feel when this team is feeling good, and you could tell they were beat up. You could tell that they were really looking. They, Dane mentioned the win against Utah was really big for them because they didn't want to drop above or below 500. They didn't want to step into that. They didn't want that to be the thing. Um, overall, I, I really, I really like this game. I. It was the first game all season where Dame, Ant, and Jeremy all felt like they knew when and where to push the buttons. And I, I mentioned to Dame, I was like, hey, you know, it felt like you were off ball a, a ton to start this game. Was that a cognizant thing to do that? He goes, yes and no. He's like, yeah, sure. But a lot of it was, I told Ant and Jeremy, don't force it because I'm back. Let me find my spots. I, I'll be fine. And Dame's like, I'm a thinker. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them and they've got this thing going and they're, that you know they're humming along. I don't want to be disruptive to that. I know I can go get mine whenever I need to. I know when I need to put my foot down on the gas. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I should have just grabbed the video, but uh, it's 10:30 at night and I'm tired. I'll do it tomorrow for the mailbag. Um, but I, I thought those those three guys offensively. They it was the first night that everybody kind of was on not necessarily on the same page, but they were feeding off of each other and not worried about who is stepping on whose toes or is it you know is it my turn to take over and that's not a bad thing because all three of these guys can take over a game and they have periods where they can go up and ant came in in the second half and ant did most of his work in the second half if i remember right uh yeah, ant had 17 points in the second half and he had five points in the first half he didn't really do much and then and this is what ant does ant had 11 points in the third Ant will have a quarter where he just, boof, takes over. And you, I mean, Damon, Jeremy, no. When when Ant's on a heater, you you feed that. You let it go because he'll give you, he's one of five guys in the NBA. I've said this before. He's one of five guys in the NBA who will give you 20 points in a quarter. Like, he would just, he's, he's nuclear. All of a sudden, he just starts doing stuff, and you're like, okay. You ride that for a little while. And Jeremy starts working on the post, and you see he's got a mismatch, and they kept getting... <laughs> They they kid they kept getting Nemhard and Neesmith on Jeremy Grant in the post and they went num 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 and Jeremy went down there and went to work and the Blazers did a really good job of posting him and reposting him and then doubling and Jeremy's getting better at finding guys out of those doubles I think that's kind of the one of the not necessarily flaws but that's a that's a thing I have in the back of my mind of to watch for kind of going forward um, I know everybody's kind of like arguing about use of Nurkic in the comments so and I, I'm saving Nurk here because. Um, I know everybody gets mad when I talk about him in one way or another. Either it's too much praise or not enough praise or he's not actually the problem. Um, I thought he was piss poor in the first half. I, I thought he was not good for the second game in a row. And then it completely flipped on his head. And he was impactful. He felt his presence. He was physical. I, I thought he competed with Miles Turner incredibly in the, in the second half. The first half, I thought he was a ghost. He just was not there. Yeah, he wasn't perfect in the second half, but I thought he was in the physicality. Everybody's like, you know, did you laugh when Nurk missed the dunk or whatever? No. My eyes went wide and I went, okay. You take your big ass down the lane and you try to yam on somebody. He had a little back and forth, like three, four possessions with Miles Turner. One three for another, and then Nurk, you know, kind of goes at him uh, with a little bit ahead of steam. Thought I could have gone up stronger on him, but I'm not going to, like, argue about it. But he draws free throws on Turner. I think it was his fourth foul, fifth foul. It was fourth foul. I think it made Turner sit down for a while. 
but I thought he, his presence was incredible in the second half. I, I thought that was a big part of, like, that's the thing is, I just want Yusuf Nurkers to be seven foot 300 pounds. That's what I want. I, I, I want you to be big because you are. Go be big. And in the second half, I felt like he was big. Like, the box score's not great. It's two of five, three of seven on his free throws, five rebounds, three assists. Like, nothing incredible, but I, I'm i not somebody who cares a ton about Nurk's box score, with the exception of his finishing. And it's funny is, in the first half, he was five of seven finishing. He was two of three from three. But I felt like his presence was significantly more impactful in the second half where the, the box scores can be different. That's why everybody's like, oh, he always says something along the lines. Well, he's averaging 15 and 10. I don't care. I don't care. How many of those rebounds are contested rebounds? How many of those points are, 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 are points that he worked for? And what percentage is he getting them up on? Like, Nurk, one of, Nurk, again, one of Nurk's best shot, it's a missed dunk. Like, that's... If Nurk is missing a dunk, I don't, I don't care. Like, I do, but... You know, he starts missing all of them. That, that's a problem. <laughs> but like, that's not what's happening here. And then for again, the second night in a row, Nurk took care of the ball as a playmaker. What he, what I think he only finished with one turnover, if I remember right. Yeah, only one turnover to four assists. The second night in a row, I think he was four and one last night against the Jazz. Like that's, that's fine. I thought he was really great. Um, Ant mentioned something the other day um, when I was talking to him. He's, he called Nurk the, the best screener, basically, in the NBA. Like He is great at that, and he doesn't get called for fouls on it all that often. Um, I thought he was really good in his DHO actions. Um, speaking of DHOs, I, this is, I'm going to tangent real quick. Uh, if you followed along on Twitter over the last like, two weeks, I've, I've noted how... Um, Trenton Watford has done really well on DHOs and, and all of his handoff actions in using his eyes and using his kind of body to sell different things. And I asked him before the game tonight, I was like, is that something like that you, it comes natural or is that something you, you've worked on or something you kind of honed in? And, and he's like, yeah, no, like I, I've watched a lot of Draymond. You know, and a lot of other guys in 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 that work in the DHO a ton. Like, and he goes, "There's just stuff that I've I've worked on, like selling my shoulders or selling a hand or just a little fake here, a little there, using my eyes to really get defenses to bite in." He goes, "It's really helpful when you've got Ant and Dame, <laughs> like the action that the defenses have to do." And you know, I may or may not have mentioned Utah staying under on those screens uh, the entire first half. <laughs> He, he mentioned, yeah, how many how many points did Ant have in the, in the first half? I said 33. So it was, he goes, it, it took him 33 points to figure out to go over. <laughs> but uh, it was just, he's like, yeah, no, I've watched a lot of video and I've really focused on my eyes and, and my fakes and my shoulders and what I sell and how I sell it and how that opens up different opportunities. Like he goes, I can get two of those a game easy when I – 
open up in the middle of the floor after you know they bite and they're going to take away Dame and whoever's you know one of those guys. Um, and I just thought it was really really cool. I love I love little things like that. Um, that stand out, that make a player like Trenton Watford really unique and, and really useful. That's the the micro stuff that I always talk about. The the, the micro skill sets that find a, a player finds a way to be super effective at in the NBA. Because most guys, most guys in the league can't be like macro great players. They have to have a skill set like Trenton's passing and playmaking ability and his basketball IQ, while being a solid. A, not even solid, an above average ball handler for a, a big while having a good nose for the glass and his ability to get them out in transition and trigger their offense. Like that's how he's going to stay in the league. Now he becomes much more valuable if he starts knocking down threes and he knows that, which is why it's something he's working on. But I love those little micro skill developments and how they kind of figure that out. Um, and you, you just kind of see that stuff as like, as players continue growing. Um, overall, I think the Blazers are in a good spot. Some folks were, were irritated or mad or frustrated, or whatever, you know, happens on the internet these days on Elon Musk's Twitter. Um, that I mentioned that the Blazers are 13 11 and nobody's worried about the sky falling anymore. And I just want to remind everybody, the Blazers have had almost more injuries than everybody else in the league while playing the single dif- dif- most difficult schedule by multiple metrics. They've played tough teams on short rest while shorthanded while other teams are healthy. The fact that they're 13 and 11, considering everything that has happened, they're in a good place. Just because they started the season well doesn't mean that because they're here now at two games above 500, were they six in the West? I think I said earlier. If they get healthier, because they're not going to get healthy in three days, let's be honest. Like, Josh, Justice, and and Jeremy, they actually in it because they've been playing heavy minutes. Those four guys need this rest so much these next three days. They 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 genuinely do. You can just you can tell. Um, but I think they're in a totally fine spot. It, listen, if they can they can get that game against Denver, a team they've already beat this year, that would be tremendous. But if they don't, it's not the end of the world. You hope to get that game, for sure. The, the one thing that's been interesting is that the Blazers have struggled at home while they've been really good on the road. Well, 8-6 and six on the road. Um, they haven't been as impactful at home, but I think a lot of that has to do with it. At home, they've been really shorthanded. But they've, they've rallied together on the road, which is a good sign for this team going forward. A team that hasn't rolled up what he is, or a team who hasn't you know rolled up who they are, um, on the road while being so, so shorthanded is impressive, and it's a sign of a good team. Like that's that's not bad. Um, I've seen a couple people ask about GP. I I don't know about GP, guys. Uh, I heard tonight coming into tonight that I I knew Dame was going to go. I heard Josh was going to be a game time decision. Same with Drew. Uh, before Chauncey had mentioned it. Um. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves. I think I think Gary is gonna play against Denver. I think. That's just me reading the tea leaves. Try to get him a home game before they go out on the road. It does sound like he's been doing five on five and he's been doing more. 
And I know that he was, like I said, he was fully cleared and ready to go. So um, as far as like no inhibitions to it other than pushing through, um, I don't, I don't know if that's a, that, it's definitely not a for sure thing, not in any way, shape, matter, form. But I, if they were going to bring him back, I think they try to do it before they go on the road. That's just me thinking. If not, I would guess it would be after the road trip, which would be uh, six gamer. I think that's a week before Christmas. So that's two weeks later than I was originally told, which was uh, Thanksgiving through the first week of December. So, um, again, I, I think he'll go Thursday. But things could change. That's just kind of looking at how they've talked about it and how front and center Gary has been recently. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, so uh, he usually bolts out of there um, pretty quick after post games. So, um, and I would imagine when he gets out there, he's probably going to be limited or on a minutes uh, restriction. I wouldn't imagine he plays more than twelve, fifteen. Um, remember, it took Nas quite a while. And even then, he still was kind of fighting it even, like, what, three weeks into the season from his surgery. So, um, not too bad. The Blazers find themselves in a, in a, in a decent spot um, heading into the last real... Because even though they're they're playing lesser teams, so to speak, it's still the NBA. It's still a um, six-game road trip. I think it's six in, six games in nine days or six games in ten days. It's a, it's a real kick in the teeth. Um, but beyond that, tell you goes, uh, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we will go with a mailbag show tomorrow. Obviously uh, we would have done it today. Um, but, uh, it's Sprague's birthday today and it's a game today. So we will hit it tomorrow. Um, I will post a tweet probably tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we'll take your questions then. And then, um, uh, we'll go from there. We'll probably go like right around seven, seven, seven thirty is what we usually do just because, Brandon's got to get up early in the morning, and he's kind of a coward with when it comes to staying up relatively late. So, uh, you know what to do. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Share it with your friends. Share it with your families. If you're watching here live on YouTube or if you're watching the replay, please click subscribe. Uh, we're trying to get to 5,000 subs by the end of the year. That is the goal. And then uh, we'll kind of uh, go from there, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Uh, you can find us on social media, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. Uh, you can email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. You can find Brandon Sprague every morning with his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson, on 1080 The Fan from 6 to 9 a.m. And as well, you can find me with my co-host, Dusty Hera, on 1080 The Fan from noon to 3. Uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Have a wonderful night, uh, and hopefully have a good, good week. Uh, going into uh, the holiday season, whatever you may or may not celebrate. (laughs) Uh, Until tomorrow, guys, take care. Have a wonderful night. Talk soon. Bye. It's happening daily. 
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com